Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, indeed. It is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. That voice that you hear there is the sound of three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Broadcast live from the Star of Frisco. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Rock with us uh, on this Wednesday evening. I'm uh, Ross Lebinski is on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. Uh, we got you till eleven, and coming up in about twenty minutes, we'll go around the association, talk about some of the things that are happening happening in the basketball world, uh, in the hockey world. The stars, uh, there's just a lot of scoring in this third period. There's a lot of scoring happening. Some for your stars, some against your stars. Don't worry about it. But it is six to two. A lot of scoring in this one. Tyler Sagan's gotten involved on the goal scoring action. Niles Lundqvist, um, just all of them involved in the scoring. Six to two. One shy of my perpetual ask of scoring seven goals, um, and that would just make me happy. So we're close to just Reginald's happiness. It's a real puck party. There you go. That's right. Um, but yes, I-, I wanted to talk about this in the NFL. We got. 14 teams that are into the playoffs that have qualified for postseason play in the National Football League. And, you know, there's myths around all of them. Dan Graziano of ESPN has attempted to, you know, one, dispel the various myths that exist around the teams in the NFL. And so, Chris, we're going to have this uh, be a choose-your-own-adventure situation. How's that sound? Okay, sounds good. You point me to one of the teams in the postseason here and we'll talk a little bit about the myth and why it is that Dan Graziano says that isn't it is in fact a myth. Let's let's get smarter about all these teams. Let's start at the top with our local legends, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, the myth being that the Cowboys just beat up on bad teams, right? Just a bully mm-hmm. element. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they played seven games throughout the season um, that were against the Giants, obviously twice, Jets, Patriots, Panthers, Commandos, obviously twice, and those are, you know, not good teams. Um they won those games by an average of 30 points, 30.4 points to be exact. And the Cowboys maybe struggled a little bit against better teams. Margins of the games weren't as large, clearly. But that's that's reasonable, right? Like, that that happens from time to time. Now, the myth being, you know, again, that they can't, and that Dak Prescott in particular, can't stand up against better teams. Now, Dan Graziano gets his point. Prescott obviously has better numbers against bad teams. But most quarterbacks do, again. His QBR against teams with losing records was an 80.7. Very good. His QBR against teams with winning records was a 63.4, which clearly, big difference, right? Mm-hmm. About 17 points. Now, the thing about that, though, is that 63.4 against all the other just regularly uh, QBRs would rank seventh in the league. So if you just took his performance uh-huh. against the worst teams that they played, or sorry, the best teams, that they played 
he would still stack up as the seventh best quarterback. And all those other teams had their good, bad, all of that in in there still. Mm-hmm. And so with that being the case, 19 of his touchdowns were thrown, thrown against the teams. Um, the 19s with sub-500 records and seven in 17, um, 17 of those were in the eight games against the winning team. So, I mean, he put up numbers against good teams. You know, the numbers obviously get inflated for anyone when they play bad teams. But Dak Prescott still played fairly well against all of the teams all the way across the season, which is why he has numbers that allow you to talk about whether the, whether he is being snubbed in the MVP conversation. Again, 4,500 yards, um, nine interceptions only, 38 touchdowns. Nobody else had 38, and he's the only quarterback since way back in the 1930s, I believe, 1940s, to lead the league in interceptions and followed up with leading the league in, in, in touchdowns. Dude's doing something right. And, again, there's a lot of people – who this all or nothing, right? No, he sucks. Just because he's not the best, he doesn't have arm talent like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, then he just sucks. No, he doesn't suck. He's a top 10 quarterback, and this year he had an exceptional year. Yes, that's there you go. So that's that's the myth and the, the busting of said myth uh, for the sucks. Dallas Cowboys. He doesn't have a ring. I just need you to he pull sucks. that. Just pull that audio. It's hilarious to me. I would like to. I would like to make that my text tone, just so that I can smile every once in a while. Um, CA, any other teams in the give postseason me, that you want to? Yes, give me the 49ers. The San Francisco Forty Nine. That's the team that knocked out the Cowboys the last two years after twelve and five seasons. The myth being Brock Purdy's numbers are inflated by all of that yak. The yards after catch, oh, yeah, right. Um, Debo and Christian McCaffrey. You mentioned and George Kittle and oh, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. all mm-hmm. those guys, um, right? Niners were number one in the league in yards after catch per reception, so that's that's part of these things. And then obviously, you know, we always still hold on to the fact that Brock Purdy was literally the last pick in the twenty twenty two draft. So we we're all trying to kind of confirm why that is for ourselves, but the Niners do have a lot of yak. However, Purdy is, you know, sixth. The Niners are sixth in the league in receiving yards and fourth in yards after catch. They get 47.8% of their receiving yards after the catch. The Chiefs get 61.1% of their receiving yards after the catch. And I think there's a level of acknowledgement that Patrick Mahomes is not being, you know, just simply a system quarterback. QBR um, directly measures the quarterback's contribution, trying to isolate that. And Brock Purdy, 728 was the highest in the NFL this season overall. And so he also ranked seventh in air yards per pass attempt. So, you know, he's still very been very good this season and ultimately uh, going to be a quarterback and a team to contend with in the NFC and in the playoffs in general. So you're saying he can throw a deep ball? I mean, he can. He can when he does. And uh, look, have to, but he can. Yeah, and I, I, I still want to acknowledge the role that Kyle Shanahan's offense plays in this. We've seen guys like C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins look serviceable in it. So I'm not trying to say that Brock Purdy is a world beater, but he does need to be respected for what he's capable of doing within that system. Agreed. Give me the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, as my computer decides to buffer right when I go to it. Um, Let's see. Where is it? My apologies. It happens. It's called technology. That's Wi-Fi. Right. We understand. Of course, it wants me to look bad, and this, they're just conspiring just against call, me. Just but, call it that the Gators slipped through the uh, other room, the control room, and came into the studio. That's right. Also, your star scored a seventh goal, seven goals. You love to see it. Puck party. Guaranteed win when you score when you score seventh goals. That is a a stat courtesy of me. 
But yes, the myth for the Miami Dolphins is that they have a top-level defense uh, under first-year coordinator Vic Fangio. Miami won the Fangio sweepstakes last offseason, obviously made sure they got him after finishing 24th in the league in defensive efficiency, 21st in defensive EPA last year. This season, 15th in efficiency, 13th in EPA. They sacked opposing quarterbacks 8% of the time, thereabouts, which is second best in the league. Um, But the defense has improved, but they've played uh, – the unit that played most of the season isn't the one that they'll take into the postseason because they have a lot of injuries, right? Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb are both out for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So prior to week 17, Bradley Chubb had 54 quarterback pressures this season. No other Dolphins player had more than 31. So, like, missing him is going to be huge. Six forced fumbles for him uh, through that week 17 as well. So, like, they're missing who is, you know, the heart and soul of that defense. So the defense that you're thinking that you saw during the season that was top level is not the defense that they're going to play with. And so that's ultimately maybe not even the myth. That feels like that's the wrong way of saying it. But ultimately that's it's just going to be something that could be a misconception if you're not really careful thinking about what the Dolphins have. Put it like this, I don't think they stand a chance in cold Kansas City this weekend. And then one reason why is I'm not sure Tua is a cold-weather quarterback because he grew up in Hawaii, he went to college at Alabama, and he's playing in Miami. That's interesting. Um, I think also he's he's been really dependent on getting to his first read and getting the ball out quickly. Um, Kansas City's defense with Steve Spagnuolo is, is known, notorious for making it hard on quarterbacks. And so it'll be interesting what happens when you, one, get after the quarterback. Because we saw, you know, even when the Cowboys got after him, he got a little frazzled and made it a little more difficult on him. But then also the ways in which the, the picture keeps changing on you and all those things with the Kansas City defense. Is he going to be able to navigate that to the highest extent that you need him to play for that Miami team to be successful? That'll be something to be to seen. Uh, any other, any yeah. other teams that you want to see or want to talk about here, C.A.? Since we mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs in Miami, give me the Chiefs. All right, the Kansas City Chiefs come in. Uh, as the number three seed, and the myth being that if the Chiefs receivers would stop dropping the ball, the offense would be just fine, which is kind of uh, interesting to think about, right? They led the league this season with 38 drop passes, uh, which is three more drop passes in second place. And if you just filter for wide receivers, the Chiefs still lead in drops. So we're not just talking about tight ends or anything like this. is all the way around. And the only the, the the drops with the receivers are clearly a problem, as I mentioned, but they're not the only problem. Travis Kelsey is having literally the worst season of his career. Okay, I knew you were going to go there. Is it because he's distracted by by the Swifties and Swift? I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> that's the myth, though, right? Yeah, that's that's an easy one to talk about. Um, and so he did not uh, reach a thousand yards for the first time since 2015. Uh, average of 10.6 yards per catch, which is by far a career low, and. The Chiefs' offensive tackles were also the most penalized in the league. So, like, you have all of these various things uh, that point to a diminished, uh, I guess, star player, star receiving option for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And uh, maybe not the smartest play from some of your offensive line that you have paid very well and you need to be there to protect your your offense and then also your wide receivers. So all these things together – um, there's 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 issues all the way around this offense that make it tough, and it's one of the reasons why you've seen them had to try and simplify the offense. It's one of the reasons why you've seen them have struggles throughout the season. It's not just Kadarius Tony out here lining up offsides.
Well, Kadarius Tony messed up Travis Kelsey's incredible touchdown play, which would have been the touchdown of the year. 100%, right? And th- that's some of the things that where we talk about being disciplined, being, um, you know, precise. They, that's one of those plays that typifies that, and that's one of the reasons why, particularly in the postseason, you have to be on your P's and Q's because you, ne- you negate a big play like that, and that changes the game. Sure does. Tyreek Hill would have never done that. <laughs> And by the way, Tyreek Hill can handle this Kansas City weather, but can Tua get it to him? It'll be something to be seen. Is there one one more that you might want to look at? Yeah, uh, let's slide in one more. Philadelphia, since they are on the radar because they're in free fall mode. The Philadelphia Eagles, who, as you mentioned, free fall mode, uh, the myth being that the Eagles' pass rush is fearsome, right? We talk about the ways in which, you know, the spine of the defense has been weak. That, that front line has not been as good as you wanted to. Um, if you're looking at this team and you consider that um, last year they had 70 sacks, which led the league, uh, they return Hassan Riddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, added Nolan Smith, and somehow um, you look around, the Eagles finished the regular season with 43 sacks this year, um, and that's right in the middle. They rank sixth in pass rush win rate, which is an ESPN stat that kind of gives you an idea of how much they win in pass rush, which is honestly down last year about five percentage points. And so you have this drop-off in pass rush, and so the opponent QBR is literally the third highest in the league. So opponent quarterbacks are able to play fairly well against this pass rush for the Eagles, which means they can go and attack that linebacker spot that is not that solid. They can go and attack those safeties um, and the places in which you have guys that are having to come up and fill for the C.J. Gardner-Johnsons of the world that you allowed to go elsewhere. So the, the pass rush isn't as fearsome, and it's allowing other teams to now take advantage of the other holes that have developed in your defense. Put it like this. They got a, a, a good defense, but the biggest defensive piece that they lost was the defense coordinator who went to Arizona, who whooped their ass two weeks ago. So there you go. Those are some of the – those that, busting some of the myths of the teams in the postseason, including your Dallas Cowboys. One of those being that, you know, Dak Prescott only beats up on the bad teams. No, no, no. He, he hoops against the good teams too. Now, would you consider the, the Packers a bad team, a good team, C.A.? I, I would consider them a surprise team. Okay, very good. I don't good. think they're a bad team at all. I think they're a young team that has nothing to lose, and they navigated their way out of September and got good. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3. The fan Reginald Latitula, Chris Arnold with you on this evening. Coming up next, let's go around the association where there's an extension for a star player um, and – at Coach Melton Down. That's always fun. We'll do that next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula, Chris Arnold, who's broadcasting live from the Star in Frisco. Got you, Dan. Appreciate you rocking with us here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It has gone final at the AAC. Your Stars with a 7-2 win over the visiting Minnesota Wild. Um, that allows your Stars to, creep, uh, to sit again or – get some points, get a little bit closer to the Colorado Avs in the Western Conference in the Central Division. Stars uh, now 24-11-5, just two points shy of those Avs. And so, yeah, great win. Big seven goals. And uh, we keep continuing to winning ways. What is that, a two-game win streak at this point for your Dallas Stars now? And they will have an opportunity to continue that as they continue on. I believe that's uh, on... What is the twelfth? I'm already my days are already eluding me. That's Friday, right? Yeah, two okay. days Friday. Good. That's that's a, that's a great showing for me, not knowing what day it is. But yes, two two days from now, Friday, they'll welcome into the Nashville Predators. So yeah, it'll be fun. 
I tell you what, uh, not knowing what day it is, that's kind of an occupational hazard in this industry. Yeah. But you know what, what What week really screwed me up? The week of that Lions game on the Saturday. That, that oh, just yeah. threw me for a loop that week. Yeah, see, hey, how often does that happen to you where you're just like, where am I? What day is it? It happens quite a bit. <laughs> no, just kidding. It, it put it like this over the over the holidays. The days were blurring because all these different games are going on, and it's like, wait, where am I? What? Yeah. Well, I I, I have now reoriented. Friday, uh, the Stars will be welcoming the Nashville Predators, who they who they're ahead of in the uh, Central Division. And so, yeah, opportunity to add another win to this win streak and make it like a true win streak. Once you get to three, we can really feel good about a win streak. So. We'll see what happens there. But right now, let's go around the association here on the Get Right. And CA, um, I, I have a feeling that you heard this audio, but I just I love it so much because it gives one, it gives me an opportunity to say a coach's name that's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. And two, if uh, I think we could talk about NF- NBA officiating, which is something I know everybody loves to talk about as the Toronto Raptors and the Los Angeles Lakers played last night. And, you know, the Lakers were able to, or sorry, the Raptors were able to get a win, 132 to 131. Oh, sorry, then went the other way. The Lakers got a win over the Raptors. Yep. There we go. Because um, otherwise, why would he, uh, my man be so damn mad? But the Lakers shot 23 free throws in the fourth quarter, which just seems like a lot. And you know who else thought that was the case? Darko Rajkovic, who is the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. I'm okay with you if you feel like, um, if you did not know that, but Darko Rajakovic is the as the uh, I was about to call him the manager, but he is the head coach of the Raptors, and this is what he had to say to the idea that the Lakers got all them damn free throws in the fourth quarter. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame, shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. <laughs> CA, yeah. what you, you got to say to that? Darko Rajakovic, who someone asked, where is he from? He is Serbian. Yeah, he's got the same accent as... Um, Boban, he says happening, just like Boban says happening. <laughs> and Boban says happy birthday, Wooly Bully. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, you got to really put that hair on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dar- Darko was indeed hot. Uh, was there but a He pro- got a point. Okay, so that's but why I wanted to the get NBA, to. Darko. Uh, but do you like his way of going about this? Like, obviously, he's going to, it seems like he's going to get that fine. I have a feeling that he knew he was going to get that fine. Yeah, so he went smart. for his money's worth. He's a very smart guy. But. The, I, the idea that, hey, man, I understand respect to stars, but what about our star, Scotty Barnes? You think that one was the way to, way to go Mm-mm. on this? <laughs> That's, but that is his star, but he's not going to be the best star in the NBA like he was saying. The problem for him is he's trying to make a point, but he didn't have anybody on his squad that he could, like, throw back at him, like Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry never got those free throws. 
He ain't got no Steph Curry. He got Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is going to be good, but he ain't, you know, he ain't there yet. Now, I, the one thing that I did take to in this clip, CA, was there are instances where you get games where there's just free throw disparity gets yeah. so big oh that you God. make it makes you scratch your head. But right. all, at least for me, because I'm very much like a, I don't want to complain about the refs. Sometimes you can explain that away in a way because one team is clearly more aggressive getting downhill and you will see fouls. Whereas maybe one team is not getting downhill. Maybe they're pulling up for shots. And it's like, all right, maybe fouls aren't coming. They don't want to they scared of the paint. Right. He made a point that is right. Is like, hey, man, Scotty Barnes is going to the hoop. He's going strong to the rack. Yeah. And if that's the case, likelihood is there's going to be some fouls in there. So how did he not come away with some fouls? There's a valid point there, isn't there? There is. I mean, look at Lucas for a few years. That's why he was arguing with the ref so hard. He was getting beat up. You can see the marks on his body. But, oh, they didn't call a thing. And, again, it's just is what it is. Now I'm I mean, not saying it's right, though. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's like them calling uh, a Eurostep continuation when some of those Eurosteps are three or four steps. Right. Now, with that being the case, um, I do want – and we've talked about this with Micah in football. We've talked about this. I do wonder, like, what – at what point do you need to step up and like make your voice be heard to see if you can get the refs to respond? And then at what point does that become problematic? Because we've talked about that with Luca, where it feels like now he might not be getting some things because of possibly the reputation that he has for being um, yeah, crying. Yeah. So so here's here's the deal. Dirk actually said this before they hired Jason Kidd when Rick Carlisle was the head coach, and Luca was in foul trouble at the end of the regular season. Everybody was wondering if he might get suspended and cost him a, uh, you know, some kind of matchup with the Clippers. And Dirk said this on a broadcast or something. It was just really good. He said, what Luca needs to do is be like J-Kid, and that is you can say the same things to the ref, but put your hand by your mouth and don't show them up. It's the showing them up that gets you the technicals. Mm. There's a way to do this. In other words... Everybody knows it's subjective because it's referees and these they're human beings. It goes on in baseball, hockey, and in, in, in football as well. Everybody's got some kind of complaint or some of these officials have tendencies. Mark Cuban wanted it to be a science, and he was getting fined on the regular because he's always turning in the refs and putting in the report and showing the replays and, and to no avail because they're human beings. And so it was almost like at one point where Maverick players like, Mark, just don't say nothing during the playoffs. Something. Mark, because the referee is going to be mad at us because of you. And, you know, that's because you got subjective, subjective human beings making calls. Right. And at so, least they've got the replay review now in the game. And, you sure. Know, the fans can see it, and you can kind of see, um, oh, we got that one wrong. And they're, being, they're, they're not opposed to being, okay, I got that one wrong. Yeah, well – uh, we're gonna. I imagine that 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 fine number is gonna come down to. Uh, and ultimately, um, hey man, like I I hope that that works in some regard of helping him get a little bit more fair, or at least what he would deem more fair treatment for Scotty Barnes and the rest. Yeah, of they put the, the word in their ear. I, I I'd rather it like that at a press conference than during the game. Now sometimes coaches will do that during the game because they want to get tossed to make their players play better. Yeah, but that was after the – right, right, right. That's what I was saying. It's better in the press conference. I, that's why I prefer it. You might get a fine, but at least, you know, the point is made and the, the fans or whoever's trying to read your lips, you know, it's like, no, nah, that's not working. It's not going to happen during the game because the ref's going to double down. All right. Well, uh, elsewhere around the association, 
we found out today that Kawhi Leonard signed an extension. The terms of it, three years, $153 million. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is an interesting player because we, we're seeing him, and this year he's been one of the it's been one of the most healthy years that he's had in the last, I don't know, handful of them. But when he's playing, and as he is right now, he is like is still an incredible basketball player. This would be the final season of his contract, and so they give him three years. Is there anything that you can kind of that you kind of feel out of that deal, right? Like 153 million, still getting that average annual value of about 50 million, but they wouldn't do anything longer than three. I don't blame him because of his age, uh, and also you know, unfortunately, his body does break down. But they got a new. Uh, arena that's being built. You got to have a star. One thing about Kawhi, he never ever wanted to play basketball outside of California, outside of LA area, and so he's home. So I think it was a mutual advantageous situation. I have no problem with it being only three years. I think Kawhi does too, and Kawhi is a straight up superstar if, when he's healthy. You, everybody knows that, but unfortunately, if it's not, he's if he's not injured, he's load load managing to not get injured. And that's telling the truth on his body, which is you're a phenomenon when you're healthy. We can't risk more than three years. Well, I mean, luckily this year he's been playing pretty consistently for the Clippers. And I think also one thing that factors in is obviously you have a star player. He plays well. you got to have him on your team. But I wonder how much the uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander of this all um, plays in because that's the player who they traded to be able to get Paul George to pair with um, Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard. And they have not gotten close to the goal that they had in putting those two together. And you've traded away a player who is now likely going to be all NBA. Well, you got to remember what you just started with. Mm-hmm. There have been injuries, if not, not just Kawhi, but Paul George as well. So sure. those are part of the circumstances. Are, are you? I mean, they knew that both of them have history of injury. There you go. And so, I mean, it is what it is, but... Both players wanted to come back home to L.A., and they have butts to put in seats, and you have to have superstars to compete against the Lakers. You can't have a young and upcoming who might be. We're talking about competing with L.A. fans who are used to superstars playing for the Lakers, so Bomber had to do what he had to do. Well, yep, they ultimately do that. Three years, $153 million. Seems like Kawhi Leonard will remain a Los Angeles Clipper, and they've been good this year, man. Yeah, they, they have. They, they they Hard started slid. He, he first they struggled and mm-hmm. now they're on a roll. Yeah, um, but guess what? I've always liked regular season Harden. It's playoff Harden that I can't handle. He just disappoints. He his legs get tired. That three don't drop no more. Right, and I imagine I imagine that there's a level of safety net in that because in those playoffs you probably give the ball to Kawhi Leonard and say you know you don't need James Harden to be as consistent. I guess he doesn't have to carry a team. There you go. There you go. Um, elsewhere around the association, real quick, um, Chris, were you ever were you ever interested in like trading cards as a kid? Not really, but go ahead. Well, I know that there's various people that are, and if you oh, are, yeah. or if you like LeBron or basketball, maybe maybe be interested in this. As LeBron James, uh, he has a fin- uh, deal with Fanatics, you know, the clothing and sports co- company, mm-hmm. and apparently there's also a deal to feature a trading card with him and his son, Bronny James. Hey, collector's item. So it's going to be a one-of-one card that features LeBron in his high school St. Vincent St. Mary's uniform and then also Bronny James in his USC uh, card. And it's, you know, signed by LeBron. 
and it's part of the a new multi-million, multi-year trading card partnership with Fanatics Collectibles. So one of the things I find fascinating about this is just we really have seen LeBron like go through this whole evolution from like superstar child to now you know having a the superstar child one. and all those things. And we've seen that. Like I was watching, I saw a video earlier today, like him with his uh, flip phone at the WWE, and we're so far away from that. But also the ways in which like LeBron James is becoming an enterprise is still kind of fascinating to mm-hmm. me. You know, he's a brand, hundred percent. And so that's that's been wild to watch happen. But yes, if you if you are so inclined, I have a, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot of money for you to get involved in that. But there, uh, that's also available. And yeah, he makes amazing business deals. I mean, low key. I mean, I, we can go down the list of all the different things that he's been involved in that are not basketball related. They're extremely successful. Yeah. Uh, well, Lay's Pizza is one of them. Yes, that's true. He was invested in that fairly early in, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, as well. Um, how about this person who is hoping to return to success after returning to, from suspension? Draymond Green in San Francisco um, earlier today. And tell me if you believe, Dre, in this regard. He's vowing a commitment to playing without the quote-unquote antics, right? Uh, quote being, antics is something that got me here. And so when I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove these antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. And I'm very confident that if I do remove the antics, no one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. No, no one's worried about how I carry myself in the game of basketball. But it's the antics. So that's my focus. Um, do you think that Draymond Green can get back to being a valuable, valued part of that Warriors team without the antics, as he calls them? No. And the reason I say that is because I think it's part of the package. It'd be different if he's only been doing it lately. Yeah. It's it's always been a part of – in other words, maybe that's what the passion is. Because sometimes, you know, there are guys who are off the court or off the field or whatever. They're regular guys. Damakong Soup. Put them on a football field, and they don't know there's a line you can't cross. I always put Draymond in that, and it's because of the passion. I mean, literally, they could have three-peated if he didn't, you know, punch up LeBron James or step over and whatever happened. All I know is his fault, and that's why he recruited Kevin Durant. But that's just who he is. And so I can't imagine him suddenly not being himself on the court. Like, I don't think he could do it. I'd love to see him not have the antics, but I just think that's part of who he is who he is when he steps on the on the court. Off the court, you have you've never heard of an issue with him. And but that's the thing, is that that's the part that makes me feel like what I don't think it's like the hardwood that then triggers that that thing in him. I think that he has an opportunity to like restrain himself. Well, in see, that. here's the deal. When I say it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's there are some guys that are so competitive, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. That's what the antics are because he's so competitive. He can't he can't tune it down a little bit because he's just amped, and and I don't think he can play without that because he never has. Think and, about it. It's and, not like it's just a thing that has evolved. He's always done this. He's got a he's got a mixtape out of it. Yeah, and I I understand what you're saying. But the thing that that perplexes me is that a lot of these things aren't necessarily like in the run of play. It's oh, like, I know, but he's out there. Yeah, yeah, and he's out there. But it's like this in is something words, that you the in game other words, can. He's not the same. He's not Draymond off the court with a suit and tie on. He's got his uniform on. He's still doing stuff. I mean, I wish it was possible. It's not totally impossible. You can't be definitive. But there's been no situation where he has not. And I've seen guys with that motor. They just. They're so damn competitive, you can't say nothing to them. 
Yeah, but at that point, like I agree with you, but I'm just saying I have never seen it out of Draymond. Well, hopefully, you think there are people who mature over time or whatever they 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 lower their competitiveness, but there are people actually. Some people in their families, they will shoot each other. They will break a TV because they're so competitive. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to have to try and figure it out, though. That Warriors team is in in a tough way, and they really need what he brings to them as a, you know, kind of a organizing figure when it comes to their defense and as a playmaker offensively. So it'll be interesting to see if he can curtail the antics, as he calls it. Uh, that's a, That's around the association here on the get right. On 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's do a little sharing time. Yeah. We'll do it next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get right right here on 105.3. The fan, Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rocking with us here on this Wednesday evening. Ross Lubinsky's on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. You can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. Again, that number is 877-881-1053. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching 105 through the fan on YouTube. You can also see us on twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. I say us. You can see me. Chris is at the Star in Frisco, and I feel like he just, you know, wants you to respect his privacy. Uh, his privacy. <laughs> At this no. uh, very important time. No, I just said to do Cowboys Crosstalk first, and it's 20 miles away, so you wouldn't have had me in the studio until, like, close to 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, now, the uh, final Cowboys Crosstalk of the season, right? Yeah, that was it. Nate Newton, me, Greg Ellis, and from the fan jam, Will Chambers and his brown liquor. Yeah, that <laughs> kept coming up in the, the <laughs> conversation, didn't it? Yeah, he sips, you know, he's from Kentucky, so he's going to have some bourbon. He sure will. And they're up at the Cowboys Club, and Nate was looking at him drinking. It's like, it's for real. I thought y'all were joking. CA, uh, real quick, I was this close. If it wasn't like a legit broadcast for all of the affiliates to listen in, I was, I was, you can't see my hand, but I was this close to pulling up the shots bed. Shot, 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 everybody. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's, uh, Man, I'm going to miss uh, Cowboys Crosstalk, not going to lie. I always enjoy getting to hear from... Nate's great, man. Obviously, Nate Newton. Various, in fact, I need to hit up Nate, see if we can talk to him on these fine yeah. airways. But right now, I guess it's time to do a little sharing time. I should remind you, your Dallas Stars get a win at home Woo-hoo. versus the visiting Minnesota Wild. Uh, someone reminded me, and I appreciate you reminding me of this fact, the Stars sweep the Wild on the three-game season series. Look out. Winning one with Otter and Net. 
Take that Minnesota. One with Murray in net and one with Wedgwood in net. Hey, that'll work. So there you go. Stars getting it done. Two-game win streak. They will take on the Nashville Predators on Friday. But, C.A., do you have anything for sharing time here? I could. You want to go first? Okay. I'll, I'll get you this. I, I saw this, and I found it interesting. Um, With – oh, I must have met – I read this wrong. Um, So, I, I thought I had something, and then I read it again. I was like, actually, I had that wrong. But um, I do – can I talk more a little bit more about this – Um. The the Nick Saban of this all uh, retiring because sure. one thing I've often said about like Alabama and that program is just like the expectations. Um, what do you think they're gonna do to the next person if they have like three wins or sorry three losses? <laughs> three wins, of course. We know what they're gonna do. They're it's in tar and feather. Fan base. They're not in the SEC championship game. They lose their damn minds. Ross alone three losses. Yeah, I I was this close to bringing this up about an hour ago when we were first talking about this. Um, Yeah, I I was wondering the exact same thing. What's going to happen when they lose three games? What's going to happen when they don't make an an SEC championship game? I mean, is Tuscaloosa going to be on fire? Yes, yes, it will. And so with that being the case, right, CA, you mentioned this. It's like the next person... It's going to be hard to take that job. You really want to be like the coach after the coach Mm because Nick Saban quite literally solidified himself as one of, if not the absolute best coach in college football history at Alabama. Now, Roy Wood Jr., good comedian, very good comedian, one of my favorites, tweeted something about this, and I found it to be interesting. Alabama's got to do a series of guest coaches like The the Daily Show. Oh, yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Like tryouts. How would you be in on that? Like the idea of like various coaches coming in and coach – like. Obviously, the logistics of this, really tough. But I kind of love the idea of just like, nah, not one guy who probably ends up getting all the smoke. Let's just have a rotation of folks. Like, let's just have some guest coaches throughout the course of a season. And I'm like, who would you put in that circumstance? Like, for various reasons. I feel like we could do serious answers, but I feel like I would love to see someone like uh, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, come out of uh, retirement. Just Throw one up there. You know what I mean? I just want to see that happen. Throw one up there. Yes, how and it would be horrible for recruiting. You're right. About, yeah. How about Harbaugh or Coach Prime? Nobody would expect those two guys, either one of them, to go down there. Oh, like, if you, especially if it's just for a week. Can you imagine right. the week that is Deion Sanders gets to be the head coach of Alabama? One week only. <laughs> like, what, the stadium would have to have overflow seating. Yeah. And they have Fleck Duck be on the sidelines. Yeah. Is there is there anybody like Ross? I see I could see your mind churning. Is there anybody that you find that you would find fun, hilarious, if they were in this circumstance of one week only, you get to coach the Alabama Crimson Tide? Belichick. Yeah, I was gonna give like a serious answer, like Bill O'Brien, give him the helm, see what happens. But um, Bill Belichick would be really funny. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep thinking on it though. Oh, let's give Lane Kiffin a a, a, a week. I yeah, I definitely want to give Lane Kiffin a week. I'll allow it, but only if, because we talked about this earlier, if they, like, let him know that he won't be getting the job on the tarmac flying home. I feel like they should let him know that he won't be getting the job up front. I want to see all the shenanigans go straight from there. Um, Urban Meyer. Oof. Okay, are there protections that we could put in place to make sure that he doesn't do, you know, Since- he, he was out here kicking grown men, right? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. What are we going to do there? 
Since, I, since you're, you're talking about chaos and what ifs and, you know, mad theoreticals, how about a player coach? How about the quarterback who also is a naysayer? Oh, uh, well, I mean, Milrow's coming back. He is the quarterback. <laughs> That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, you player just player coach. player coach? Player coach. That's what I said. I I would love to see what that looks like because this is the thing, right? We think of player coaches. What was the last place that we had player coaches? Probably basketball. Basketball. When we talk about Bill Russell as mm-hmm. one of the ones I yep. think of. Yeah, that was going to be my guess. I feel like it's easier to manage a team of 12 to 15 But players. here's the deal. A player coach, a quarterback player coach, can call his own plays, which he's been doing. and A lot of quarterbacks call their own plays. And guess what? They're usually – usually the leader of the team anyway, so he's got their attention. The question is, will he get these assistant coaches' attention? And then, But then also, like, there's there's so many more people to have to manage on a college football team. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, they got how many scholarship athletes, then walk-ons, then, like, you got, like, every every position goes about five, six deep um, on, on players or, you know, rungs. I just can't imagine. And, yes, Urban Meyer was good uh, in various places that he coached. I still, there's just, there's something about Urban Meyer. And you know what? Maybe that is the way to go for one week only, right? Just yeah. not enough time for him to, to mess it up. He, he was good good in college. His drama was 100%. in the pros. Oh, no, he had drama in college, too. But well, he was just, under, yeah, it was under the, yeah. <laughs> he, he got a man in jail. I got you. <laughs> well, I mean. Hernandez. The man, the man, the man got to jail um, by himself. He, he, right. he did that. He, he did that for him. Recruited him though. Uh, he, he did have uh, Percy Harvin there. Uh, at yeah, yeah. I'm still mad at Netflix for doing that half-assed documentary because I yeah. still need the full, real Florida right. documentary. I couldn't we, believe that. That will never get, mm-hmm. never, ever. Anyways, I just thought that'd be hilarious, the idea of, like, the rotating guest coach for um, Alabama. Alabama. Please <laughs> send them in. Send it. Bobby Knight, yeah. uh, rest in peace, correct? Yes. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. And, I don't, again, I don't think that we should put the young man in that circumstance, right? Um, I know that Nick Saban coaches him hard. I don't think that he'd be out here throwing chairs at him, though. So, hmm. Ooh, another coach that just passed away recently. I would love to see what quotes would come out of Alabama in this the scenario. Pirate. The, the pirate, pirate, Mike yep. Leach. Mike just, Leach. And, and especially if they, like, do what we suggest they will and lose, like, three games, just to see what he would say in that scenario. I feel like he would start talking about animals that he likes. Like, that's that's the thing about – that's the thing that people liked about Mike Leach. Mike Leach, if he found something interesting, that's what we're talking about. Does it have to be football? Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, you know, that would be who would be hilarious for the, the the college football media who are can, you know, obviously they're they're dealing with a sport that is obvious, uh, uh, frequently wildly nonsensical. But also we treat it so very seriously that the dichotomy ends up being fun and it only gets wider when you have Mike Leach there. Anyways, uh, that's just the thing that caught my attention. Thanks to Roy Wood Jr. Uh, CA, do you have anything that you would like to share? For yeah, I got a quick one. Uh, remember earlier in the evening you did a, a segment about uh, the truths about NFL teams. Can you give me tell me the name of that title of that segment? Oh, again? yeah, the, the idea of like the, the myths. The yeah, various, the myths. There's some various myths uh, going into the playoffs for all the 14 teams Guess participating. What? Yeah. I found out some myths about bananas. You like bananas? Do you eat I, bananas? I am fond of bananas, yes. What about you, Ross? Big potassium guy. 877-881-1053. Tolos, do you like bananas? I love bananas, too, and you said potassium. If you're a runner, which I was, I'm retired now, my back won't let me run, that is helps you your muscles uh overcome soreness that's what the potassium is. but this is some of the myths about bananas that people didn't understand or didn't know did you know bananas didn't hit america till the late 1800s because they're not from america yeah, that sounds about right yeah 1876 the centennial exhibit 
it, excuse me, the Centennial Exhibition, which is like a fair, mm-hmm. the first World's Fair held in America, they brought the bananas. First time they came to America, people started taste testing them, and now people eat 132 pounds of bananas a year. And guess what? Did you know bananas are not grown on trees? Huh. You thought, okay, they're on the trees and they're hanging up there. Guess what? Technically, those are not trees. Those lumbering plants are considered herbs. Botanists said trees have to have woody stems. Those trees aren't woody. They're herbs. Herbs, okay. depending on how you smoke them. The stalks, that's another way to put you it. You smoking bananas? Wait, I'm confused. You, uh, lost, you lost me over the course of it. We smoking bananas? Is that uh, what happened here? Another name. Okay. Um, wacky banacky. All right. Um, and then finally, did you know this? You know how they said they found out that t- t- a tomato is a fruit? That is correct. it's not a vegetable? Yep. Did you know that bananas are actually berries? Yes, I did know that. The seeds, right? Look. At, yep, it's the seeds. Uh-huh. And not every brand of banana or every kind of banana have seeds, but most of them do, and they they qualify as a berry. And last but not least, you're talking about how you can be creative with a banana. Banana peels can purify water. If you're trying to purify some water because you think this water is kind of toxic or whatever, you need to clear it up, drop a banana peel off in there. It's not as good as coconut fibers or peanut shells, but guess what? Banana banana peels to do the same job. And there you go. Also, throwing a banana peel out your car is not going to stop nobody. I've, <laughs> <Nope>. I've learned that. <laughs> and putting a banana in the pipe. Yeah. Wait, real life isn't Mario Kart? Yeah, Mario, Mario Kart has been leading us astray. <laughs> astray, I say. That's some sharing time on the Get Right right here on 105 through the fan. 214, you're right. The Jungle Book did lie to us. Wow. We got we to gotta break down. Uh, Jungle yeah. Book is Disney, right? Yes, yeah, Disney. Mm-hmm. We got to go to Disney and trying to get them right. Let's get right right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we'll discuss some of your headlines on this Wednesday. We'll do it next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.